welcome to episode 26 of Roll the Credits Podcast with Aaron and Brian. On this week's episode, we will have a little discussion about the Academy Awards, which we talked about last week. Um, that was on Sunday evening. Um, we'll also have a little bit more news going for you, some new trailers to drop this week, um, as well as reviews for Alita Battle Angel. And I also went and saw Greta this past weekend, um, and I'll have a little discussion about that. And at the end of the show, we will have top 10 best picture winners. Uh, we'll be going through our lists there for you this week. Um, Brian, how's your week been going? Pretty good. Um, yeah, we finally got to go see Alita. I think we had pushed that off twice because of weather or other instances. Um, but yeah, other than that, not much has happened. I'm on call right now, so it's super fun, you know. Sounds like a thrilling time in the life of Brian. Uh, so much. Fun. Yeah. I mean, typical cold week here in Pennsylvania. Um, like you said, we went and saw Alita, which we've been, you know, seeing trailers and stuff for, for the past <laughs> like year and a half, it feels like. Um, I also, like I mentioned before, I went and saw Greta this past weekend. Uh, I'll get into that a little bit later, but it is a fun little uh, campy B movie horror film um, that uh, I think has potential for cult classic. Uh, down the line um you know we saw the academy awards which we'll go right into here um not a ton of big upsets or surprises a few little notes uh green book semi surprise winner for best picture yeah um yeah i mean it was the i think second favorite to win behind roma um but i did not think that it had an actual chance mm-hmm. i was a bit surprised that it won with the controversies um, surrounding the producers, writers, director for Green Book, uh, as well as the story behind it and all that stuff. Um, we won't get into that too much here, um, but go ahead and take a look if, if you're wondering. It's pretty easy to find on the internet, all the stuff surrounding it. Um, Mahershal Ali also took home uh, Best Supporting Actor for the movie, which wasn't a surprise. That was, nope. I don't want to say obvious, but he was a heavy favorite to win it. Um, yep. So he is now two for two in the supporting category um yeah i mean i thought roma was gonna win uh i thought like i mentioned last week i thought black panther had an outside shot um you know the way the system works for those yeah i mean for those that are unfamiliar the system it's a set a preferential scale um for football fans out there it's sort of the way the heisman kind of gets awarded every year where it's a ballot and you kind of rank things um and it kind of goes from there um and it's a deep dive it's different than all the other awards so i mean really the, it's not terribly surprising that it won i guess because it is kind of a, a spitballing on, on picking a winner in that category the way yeah. everything works um yeah but uh alfonso Cron took home best director for roma Rami Malek took home uh, Best Actor, lead, mm-hmm. uh, lead Actor, I should say, for playing uh, Freddie Mercury and Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. That's one we all kind of figured. Uh, Olivia Coleman upset Glenn Close for Best yeah. Lead Actress. That Big was, upset. yeah, I mean, it was heavily considered that Glenn Close is going to end up winning. Um, this was, I believe, her seventh nomination without a victory. <laughs> Uh, so a lot of people did feel like that this was going to be her like DiCaprio moment, I guess, um, where they kind of just finally, you know, give it to him, give it to her. Um, but they gave it to Olivia Coleman from the favorite. Uh, she also took home for in the, the BAFTA award. So it's not terribly surprising that she won, but it was a little bit out of left field. She had a great speech off the cuff. Definitely. I don't think thought she was going to win. So that was nice to not get one of those, you know, uh, let me pull out the piece of paper and, you know, run down a list of names like everyone else, uh, which is the most annoying part part of the Oscars, at least in my opinion. Um, yeah. Outside of that, we also have uh, Regi- uh, Regina King won for Best Supporting Actress in her role for If Beale Street Could Talk, which I, after this past week, I rewatched Moonlight, and now I really got to see if Beale Street could talk. The I know. second yeah. Barry Jenkins movie here. Um, it was on my watch that, list, but you know, just yeah, never uh, came here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll get to it um, here probably shortly. Um, <laughs> but those were the big five individual awards there. Um, 
in terms of our prediction results, uh, I think I ended up winning six to four. And in combination between the Oscars and the Razzies, I ended up winning the overall predictions. There are two separate things. That doesn't count. Is I won one, you won one. That's fair. Yeah, well, that's fine. But I took home the combination, a, a combo score, if you will. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> what? Do you not like that, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Um, yeah, I mean, we both picked Rami to win actor. Both got Mahershala. Um, we both picked Glenn Close. Uh, you took Regina King. I took Amy Adams, which you ended up winning that one. We both took Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse for animated feature film, which was a lock, basically. Mm. Oh, sure. uh, so we definitely got through that. Uh, Alfonso Cron took home for cinematography, which Roma didn't win Best Picture, but if anything came out of this, we know that Cron is a one man army in terms of yeah. creating a film director, cinematography, you know, all that stuff, writing, um, incredible stuff. You ended up taking Matthew Lipatique from a star is born. Um, in terms of directing, I took Karan, which I won. You ended up having Spike Lee who actually, yeah, I was trying to go <laughs> outside. And I mean, he did win for the screenplay then. I was hoping he would also win for you were just a little off. But... Um, but yeah, I mean, I took home, uh, I, I got the adapted screenplay, which was Black Landsman. So, uh, and you had Beale Street could talk. Uh, original screenplay, we both took the favorite. Green Book ended up taking that. And Best Picture, you took Black Panther. I took A Star is Born. Um, and Green Book ended up winning. Bohemian Rhapsody ended up taking home the most awards of the night at four, um, which as the night progressed, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to win Best Picture, isn't it? <laughs> like, it's I was like, oh, God, it's it's awful. So but... glad it didn't. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled that it didn't. Um, I mean, two of the but... three of them were expected. I mean, I'm not. I mean, yeah, Rami winning the best actor and then the two sound ones, sound editing and sound mixing. It was kind of expected <laughs> those. Yeah, um, I'm still shocked that it took home <laughs> film editing because the editing on that movie was not that good. Um, I am still, I am like most people in Hollywood, pretty disappointed that Green Book took home Best Picture. Spike Lee tried to leave <laughs> once it was announced. Uh, and then they had a little, um, they, they interviewed him and stuff after the show and, and he was trying to kind of play it off. Um, uh, telling people like you, you know why I left. Like not saying it directly, but we all know why he left. Uh, there was pictures of the Black Panther uh, crowd, um, just kind of like staring back at each other. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was a rough look. As I told you the other day, like they they claim it's you know the new Academy, but there's still a lot of older people in the cool. Academy yeah. and stuff that are voting on these. And Green Book was just black enough for them but not too black. And I think that's why Basically. they ended up winning. Um, we'll get into it a little bit more with, with some of your news later on, but you know, Roma being a Netflix film probably held it back in the end, um, which that's going to be something to look, look at going forward. Cause they're going to end up having two movies that they're going to be at least two movies that they're going to be trying to Push get it, yeah. uh, awards for next year, which we'll discuss a little bit later on. But um this show stealer was Gaga and Bradley oh, Cooper sure. performing Shallow, uh, which Don't tell me I, I mean, it's it, it it was an incredible performance. Uh, seek it out. Um, it is the end song for the show is the live performance, but oh, yes. seek out the actual video for it because I mean the way they did it. Um, you know, with them just they they started the tune and as soon as the tune starts, so you know what's you know what's going to be playing. They didn't so, even need to introduce them. They just walked up on stage and started doing it. It was great. Yeah, it was really good. Um, other than that, I mean, it was a good Academy Awards. I I like them not having a host. I think it plays a lot better. Um, and shorter. And as yeah, and it did hit the under. If you're a gambling man, uh, I did not bet on that because I did not know what was gonna. Uh, you know, I don't know what to expect with them not having a host. Um, you know, they we ended up having the four awards, which that were said to originally go during commercial breaks, which I'm glad they didn't. But at the same time, uh, best makeup and hairstyling winners um, for Vice. 
might have screwed the pooch on that for further shows because theirs was theirs were was pretty awful. Yeah. Um <laughs> which they were like the shoe in the wind. I mean the makeup for that for Vice was great, making Christian Bale look like Dick Cheney. And like they, yeah. they should have known they were gonna win and yet their speech was totally unprepared and just ugh. Oh yeah. Uh it, it was uh, it was pretty embarrassing. Um so we'll see what ends up happening going going with that. But yeah, I mean I enjoyed the show for the most part. Um it it was pretty entertaining. Uh it flowed really well, uh going award to award. It's great to see people um that deserve to win end up winning. Um we'll move on past the Academy Awards here. Uh we got a new trailer for Detective Pikachu. Um showing a lot more uh newer pokemon in there uh we got sites on mewtwo um uh we now know that detective pikachu is a caffeine addict (laughs) which is (laughs) tremendous i I don't know there's not a whole lot i can say about this outside of the fact that i am extremely interested cannot wait for this movie and every time they drop a new trailer or teaser it just continues to make me excited for it um yeah, uh, outside of that, we also got a new trailer for Dark Phoenix. Um, nothing too new or shocking in there. Um, I am bracing <laughs> for the worst, but I just, I'm hoping for the best. Here's I the- Like we've said, people crap on the X-Men franchise, and I get it. You know, Apocalypse wasn't great. It was, I, I liked it a little better than most people did, but. They did crap the bed with Big Bad in that one. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I mean, the rest of the X-Men franchise outside of Wolverine or Origins have been was, was good. good. Great They're movies, good. Yeah. Um, I mean, Days of Future Past was very, very good. And one of my favorite, you know, comic book movies out there in general. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll end up seeing um, what ends up happening with this. That's June 7th. Uh, Detective Pikachu is May 10th. Um, I don't know. I hope it doesn't get pushed back again. I, I don't know, man. I I am bracing for the worst on that, but we'll we'll end up seeing what happens. Um, look, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I referring. I mean, with Dark Phoenix, it's I refuse to believe that a movie with like that high caliber of a young cast, because there's like so many very talented actors and actresses in this movie can be a bad like terrible movie which is what everyone thinks it's going to be so yeah and my other issue is like i feel like they haven't built up the gene gray character enough quite yet to you know get to a spot where it's it's not a solo movie but like where she's the 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 main character in it um the yeah the lead but i don't know we'll end up seeing what ends up happening with it I hope, like you said, <laughs> hoping for the best, but I wish for they would. Bad. Yeah. I wish they would have had a bigger build for that character heading into this. Um, and it feels a little bit like them doing it with, um, apocalypse in the last one where, you know, it's a big bad in that, in that universe. And they really just didn't give it any leeway. There's nothing to it. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't know. Um, in other comic book news, Aquaman 2 officially got a December 16th, 2022 release date, God, which is so far away. It does feel really far away. Uh, Aquaman was what last year, 2018. So f- yeah. about four years, which in the grand scheme of things, Wonder Woman will be, you know, four or like three or four years between those two. So I kind of understand it. Um, but yeah, it does feel far away now. Um, I do sort of think that maybe it'll end up getting bumped up maybe a little bit as we go farther in. Um, but uh, we'll end up seeing that December release date this past December, I've seen it work really well for them. So, I mean, unless they're bumping it a whole year, I don't expect it to move from there. That's true. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what to expect with it, uh, but we'll end up finding out. Um, also in DC news though, they also mentioned that, um, they are looking to create a universe essentially not necessarily bonded together with characters, uh, but more focused on the individual characters, which at this point I I think is a smart decision. Um, just cause they've shown that there are the whole concept of like 
getting these characters together and uh, on Avengers type thing is it just doesn't it's not great. Uh, they they've shown that they don't they they rush it too much. And it, it ends up being really disappointing in the end, whereas. You know, if they can just focus on these characters individually, I think they'll be all right. Um, but we'll see um, what ends up happening with Aquaman 2, Wonder Woman also down the line. Don't know if we'll ever get a Flash movie. Um, that's always going to be a post post thing. Um, and the Batman, obviously, and uh, whether they get a new Superman and what ends up happening with DC? Because I'm rooting for them. I want all comic book movies to be good. Um, unfortunately, they aren't. That's the life we live. Um, Rami Malek, who we mentioned before, won for Best Lead Actor at the Oscars this past week, is in negotiations to play the main villain in Bond 25. It is not officially um, signed, but they are in late stage negotiations, which I'm for. Um, yeah. Uh, I, you know, he's a, a prominent actor now. I mean, it is what it is. I, I won't say he's not good because he was really good. He was the best part of Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah. uh, Mr. Robot, you know, has tons and tons of fans out there and it's a pretty uh, critically acclaimed show. Um, so this is good. This is for a while there. Bond 25 seemed like it was going off the rails, but I don't know. It looks like they're doing good. They got uh Carrie Joy Fuganawa, I think, on to direct mm -hmm. Daniel Craig's final Bond film, and now Rami Malek coming in as the big bad in the movie. Yeah, you know, Rami Malek kind of has a creepy vibe to him, too, so I think he could do a really good job playing a villain. I mean, there was, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter at all this week, but there was this video of him going through things that he was a fan of. I don't know if it was for award season or whatever, but he Wait. just had this... <laughs> what it was it's like a 90 second video that he and he's like i'm a fan of long books i'm a fan of certain kind of food on and then he's like, but there's like a minute long video where he just kind of has this like creepishly smirk on his face and it, the video went around becoming a meme like what what a serial what a serial killer says before he turns down to the street that he's supposed to go on or something it's just you need to see the video on Twitter because it just gives off this creepy vibe, which I think will could play great into if he is going to be the main villain for Bond twenty five. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean this this gets me a little more excited for it. Definitely. Um, maybe the Bond franchise will maybe one day re overtake Mission Impossible, which has been fantastic. Uh, but we'll see. Um, we mentioned here, I believe them before. Daniel Craig's Bonds are, are two and two. Uh, two really good ones, two meh ones. Um, we'll see if he can at least get three three and two there before he ends up leaving the role. Um, Yorgos Lanthimos, the director for The Favorite, passed uh, this past week's uh, one of those big Oscar movies. His next project is he's going to be adapting a crime novel, uh, Pop 1280, which is tells the story of a corrupt sheriff in a small town who manipulates the people in his orbit to in order to win the next election. Uh, one thing I read was that Lanthimos has kind of switched uh, genres uh, every time. Every movie he makes is a little different, a little different, a little different, which gets me a little. I mean, I'm I'm sort of excited for this. Uh, I haven't seen any of his movies. I do plan to see the favorite. It does look really good. Um, and I do like crime movies. So you got this Oscar, you know, big time Oscar uh, name. Uh, I don't think he has any yeah. victories, but, you know, a, a, a pretty big name. Though, so. Yeah, I mean, a, a big name. It'll be interesting to, uh, to see him do this crime novel because he kind of has like uh, this movie and the movie called uh, The Lobster, which came oh, out a yeah, few years yeah. ago, which he's uh, what's his other big known movie. He has a very unique style, similar to as uh, like Wes Anderson has a unique style to his movies. Um, that they're out there, but like, and they have, but have a very cult like following. So, I'm interested to see a crime novel version of this. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see who's in the cast for that. He has gotten relatively big names here for the Lobster and for the Favorite. 
Um, so we'll end up seeing. We'll have a little bit more news as more things come to light with that. But this is apparently one of his top priorities going forward. So we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm realizing right now that like a lot of this stuff is just about people that were big, big time Oscar people this past week. Um, Glenn Close is set to star in a Sunset Boulevard remake. Um, it is a film version of her Broadway musical take on the 1950s original film. Uh, Close has won a Tony Award for a performance in the stage musical before. Um, so it, it will be Sunset Boulevard, but essentially more of a theatrical um, play type. I will say this. Sunset Boulevard is a very highly acclaimed uh, film classic that I did not like. Uh, I hated that movie when i watched it I, this was like two or three years ago so i'm not going to go deep in depth but i did not enjoy it when i watched it um so it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with this as it goes forward but she won a tony award for it so maybe running back down that alleyway maybe that's how she gets the best the best actress nominee or victory finally um to finally get an oscar for uh, Mahershala Ali, who we talked about before, won for Sporting Actor, is set to star in a sci-fi drama called Sovereign. It'll be directed by Mark Munden, and there's no real concrete details on the screenplay, but it is said to be somewhat similar to Denis Villeneuve's Arrival, which came out a few years ago, which was a fantastic Ooh. film. Um, yeah, I love that. So we'll end up seeing, uh, I feel like Ali's at the point in his career where he's you know, taking a lot of really good projects. He was an Alita that we saw this week. Um, he obviously is two for two in Oscar nom. So we'll see what ends up happening with this as it moves forward. Mark Munden, I don't know anything about. I believe this might, I think it said it might be his first uh, main film. I think he's done several like TV shows and stuff like that in the past. But um, yeah, we'll see. Um, and moving far, 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 far far away from the oscars but not in a galaxy far away yeah well it sort of is uh we're getting clifford the big red dog movie (laughs) um this caught me off guard this week it was a matter of time really (laughs) until this ended up getting um its own movie but paramount has scheduled in november 2020 release date it is said to be much like most of the movies now where it is half cgi half um real uh you know real life type thing uh so we'll end up seeing what happens with that moving forward but it was a matter of time uh and now we're finally gonna get to see clifford the big red dog on the big screen um for everyone to, to maybe enjoy maybe not i don't know uh anyway that's all i got for my news of the week brian uh, yeah i'll pass Sorry, it to you just be a clifford movie like <laughs> Hey man, it's Hollywood. Uh, you got every idea out there. When are we gonna get an Arthur meme movie? Like just the fist, like just that. <laughs> like that's the, it's a matter of time till all this stuff gets made. It just is. All right, uh, a few things. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow movie with uh, Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt officially has a sequel greenlit. Honestly, I thought I heard about this a while ago that the sequel is in the works. Uh, but it was just, I believe it's Paramount. It was just announced this week uh, that it's official um, with both Cruz and Blunt um, returning, I believe. Uh, no release date attached to it since they just announced it. I'd expect it maybe summer 2021, maybe, unless maybe summer 20. Who knows? Um, but that's, a, um, have you seen Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah. I mean, oh, absolutely. Cruise, so I, uh, it's a Tom yeah. Cruise film. Yeah, exactly. So... It's a yeah, it's a great movie. It um, is fantastic. So yeah, I'm definitely excited for this sequel, and I'm here for it. Um, I saw yesterday, which I got very excited about, which you probably don't really care much, but um, the Sandlot movie, you know, classic baseball movie that all baseball fans should have watched. Aaron, yawn. Every, I told myself not to get see, Aaron. Claims he's a big baseball fan, but has never seen The Sandlot, which I knew this. And it's it's still every time it, it comes to light, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I can't believe it. Like, The Sandlot is 
not only a baseball movie that's a good baseball movie it's a classic movie that like anybody like, it is, okay I, it is a cult classic movie it is not a classic movie do not do not go down that route with me they're ombre you, you are literally the only baseball fan that i've ever met that has not seen the same i guarantee you there are baseball films that i have watched that you have not watched guaranteed so do not do don't mess with me on this subject of okay you didn't, Any, you didn't anyway. watch a bunch of kids play in the sandlot playing baseball you're not a real baseball fan no nah. get off your soapbox brian get off your soapbox you weren't a real baseball fan i just said i mean every other single baseball fan i've ever talked to has seen a sandlot so i know anyway back to the news that i was referring to is that they will be creating a tv show with this with the original cast returning um which i think is great news it i'm hoping it's uh similar stylings to how uh there's a youtube tv show cobra kai that came out uh, a year ago or whatever that's basically a continuation of the karate kid uh with the same actors and stuff hoping it's like that um because in the sandlot there's the at the end of the movie then there's the 15 or 20 year jump um, to kind of show them like where they are now at the time of the movie. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm all here for, it. I love the Sandlot, you know, and the original cast, I mean, they're all, they worked great together and they're hilarious. Um, and it's apparent, according to the, the guy who's putting it together and writing it, um, is that it's already has a streaming service attached to it. They just haven't said, didn't say what streaming service. And, um, what is that? What was that? Um, sorry, I don't know if you heard that at all, but music started playing through my headphones. Um, but yeah, so and it's already greenlit for the season and possibly even the second season. So I don't know, but I'm here for it. I love the Sandlot. Um, yeah, I hope it's on CBS All Access. <laughs> if it is, then it, that that'll probably be the final stone for me to get it. Because I mean. There's that Star Trek Star Trek show on it that's I've heard good things about. There's the upcoming Twilight Zone, uh, which is looks very interesting, but they don't have I would watch. So yeah, I'm here for that. And uh the last bit of news which Aaron had referred to at the start when we were talking about the Oscars is that uh this week after the Oscars and Steven Spielberg um kind of publicly started making his case known that he is against like streaming services movies being up for the oscars and stuff mainly because of everything revolving around uh with roma and stuff he has this thing that movies should be in theaters and that's a traditional way that it should be and if you're not in a theater or whatever you shouldn't be able to win these big awards um he there's an annual post oscars uh, meeting that the academy holds every march uh near the end of march and he plans to bring forward a rule change uh, for the eligibility, not to like completely, you know, get rid of movies that aren't streaming services to be eligible, but just kind of basically making it harder. So I think it only requires now a one week run in both like New York City and Los Angeles for it to qualify. Um, a lot of people saying it's he's looking for at least like a, a four week run or for them to Netflix doesn't publish their how many viewers it has or how much money it's made um, for them to publish that. He's basically just trying to make it harder for sharing services to win Oscars, which honestly is pretty stupid. I mean, they, especially with Roma this year and recent years, they've had more and more movies get like award season recognition, especially like with you said, with um, Extremely Wicked and then The Irishman coming out in award season in 2019. Uh, this, I don't know. I think Steven Spielberg just needs to stick directing to movies that are are good but not great i mean he definitely has some great movies but also a lot has a lot of just good movies i mean but uh not that i'm criticizing steel spielberg but anyway it sounds like you are i'm just i i, I, I kind of did but i mean he's he's a he's a good director he's a, he's made some great films um he but he needs to stay over there and not worry about these streaming movies making award season stuff um I don't know. It's yeah. So we'll see later this month. We'll probably have more news about it once he brings it up at the meeting. I don't expect maybe there'll be a few rule rule changes 
that I'm assuming Netflix will abide by then since they have these big, big movies getting the awards. But yeah, that's. Yeah. Um, my stance on it is that I think the way they have it is fine because these movies that are going to best picture are generally not for starters. They're not usually widely. A lot of them aren't always wide release movies. Yeah. Obviously black Klansman, black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, Bohemian Rhapsody were, um, I think green book was, yeah, was, um, but I mean the favorite didn't come out right away. Um, you know, Roma obviously was a Netflix film, so that really wasn't going to be around here. Um, but I, I mean, there's a lot of mo- if Beale Street could talk was another one. I mean, that wasn't nominated for best picture, but that was very close. Um, I mean, a lot of those movies just aren't, they aren't, you know, bankroll movies. Um, and some of them are, some of them aren't, but the idea, I think I was reading yesterday, obviously they need to cap, um, advertising spending. Um, Netflix spent 50 million, I believe in advertising to get Roma to win, um, which in itself is, yeah. I mean, in itself, like a lot of smaller companies, uh, that put movies out there can't afford to put $50 million worth of stock into, um, getting a movie out there. So I do think they need to cap limits. Um, and maybe, you know, in some fashion have, um, the theater thing is fine the way it is. I think, I don't think it really should, it shouldn't matter at all. Um, where the movie is going. And another thing somebody had brought up was that, you know, yeah, Spielberg is Spielberg will never have a problem getting a movie out there. Um, yeah, he's basically at the point in his career where whatever he makes, um, will get out there in theaters. Um, we saw it with the post, we saw it with, um, Bridge of Spies to Oscar bait, you know, above average films weren't great, uh, but but got nominated. Um, and just in general, I think, you know, he doesn't understand the fact that a lot of it is Netflix opens the door for these these people to, to do their projects. I mean, Karan is a fantastic director, but a movie like Roma, you go to pitch that, you know, it's you're not going to get picked up by like a big big market on that and and netflix was a perfect place for him to put that movie so in reality i don't think it should matter um same thing with scorsese and the irishman uh, that i was reading about this week is you know in what world is nobody willing to give fucking martin scorsese apologies for the, the language but martin scorsese the money he wants to make a gangster film. Like it just, and Netflix came in and gave him the money to make it. And it's one of the highest they've ever done. I think it's the highest they've ever paid in terms for a movie. So a lot of it comes down to, you know, these studios just aren't willing to give the money for these things to be made. Um, So, you know, Quran and Scorsese and stuff go to Netflix because that's where they can get the money to make these films. And, and you get a wide, audience with it i don't care about the streaming numbers because in the end it's not like we're nominating you know for best picture the highest grossing movies of the year like avengers isn't in there um so the money and the views to me don't necessarily matter all that much it's it more comes down to the quality of the movie it should not matter where the movie is whether it's you know a wide release for two months a wide release for one week and then on netflix or just a standard smaller film. So that's kind of where I stand. I think it's, you know, Spielberg looking at the picture from his eye level and not looking at it from everyone else's. Um, In Netflix, like I said, they give a platform for, you know, young black directors, young, you know, tons of people, tons of different people to get their stuff out onto a platform that they probably can't do if they go to these bigger, um, these bigger companies uh, to get a wide release. So it is what it is, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's my take on the whole thing. Yeah. That's I, yeah. I agree a lot with that. And I feel like most people do, but from, I mean, he's faced a lot of backlash on social media from it, from people, uh, from the people in the industry and it's just normal, you know, fans like us. And so, I don't know, I guess we'll see in a month's time if there's any real effect to it. Yeah. Um, 
anyway, so if that's all you got for news there, Brian, uh, we'll move on here to what everyone's been waiting on, our reviews for the week. Uh, we will get started here with Alita, which I'll go into first. Uh, I ended up giving it a 70 out of 100. Our combo score came to a 66.3. Um, fantastic visuals and the action sequences in this film are tremendous. Um, if you're a Robert Rodriguez fan, it comes through pretty clearly that uh, this is his kind of movie. He, he was the director on it. That part, loved it. Um, if you if you condense that movie into those parts, I'd probably knock this movie to an 80, 85 probably because it is visually very appealing to the eyeballs. <laughs> However, um, there is this whole unnecessarily and uninspired romance angle to it. I, I won't spoil too much about the movie, but it just it's not good uh there's no chemistry between the main characters in that sense and it's just unneeded like it feels too much like your run-of-the-mill kind of story it's one of those movies that i feel like they just try and add romance angles to these things just to have it in there and and to warm people's hearts but when there's no chemistry, it doesn't do any of that. And it that's what comes across. And it just feels like a waste of half of the movie in a sense where they could have sped things up a little more and made everything a lot uh, more appetizing to watch. Um, and it really kind of limits its full potential. I had some issues with the script, but a lot of it, it went on second thought. I wasn't terribly upset with. I mean, it's, you know, a manga based film i don't expect it to be you know super serious and stuff like that it's not a scorsese gangster film or something like that like it's not in that sense so i didn't necessarily have as much of an issue when we left the theater i originally had it at a 60 i bumped it to a 70 after thinking about it a little bit but that's my take on alita uh, i do think this is a movie that you if you are interested in it go to the theater and check it out um because it, it is fun overall, um, and it looks great on a big screen. Brian, what's your take on Alita? Yeah, um, referring to what you said, like a lot of most standard fans are loving this movie. So, I mean, it has like a 7.6 or 7.7 or something on IMDb. Um, but, I, I mean, I have a lot of similar views to you. I ended up giving it a, a 65 then out of 100, where, like you said, it was visually, I mean, it's a beautiful movie. It's a lot of the movie uh, has the idea of like cyborgs then, so like human heads and faces on robot bodies that look super realistic and the technology involved with them just looks great. And the action sequences play really well. And, and it, the movie, I mean, I know much the movie just looks beautiful, but then, like you said, the script majority of which is the romantic subplot is just, it really weighs down the movie. Like if, if the script and that subplot wasn't there, I probably would have given this like a I don't know, 75, 80 or something, but it, it for me weighed it down enough to bring it to a 65 because there were just some lines that I would just like laugh at. And it was, and I know you at one point during the movie, like the, the, the male lead or whatever, that was the romantic part of it. And like her boyfriend, re- re- yeah, it's like rooting for him to die. Yeah, like, I mean, I I actively in that movie theater was rooting for that that guy to die throughout the entire movie. I was just like, this guy's just annoying. Go away, die. <laughs> I don't know what the, I I don't know the actor's name, but he was not good. Um, in this he film, wasn't. and, and he it might have been hurt. the worst part of the movie, honestly. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I you recommend it. I mean, it is a, it is a good movie. Um, if you're not looking for a lot of depth to it, I mean, there's great action in it great visuals and stuff the robots and cyborgs all really cool to watch um it's just a script rated weighted down enough for me to bring it to a 65 but yeah all right uh so brian what do you think uh about watching this for 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 our listeners out there do you think movie theater you think rent it you think not see it at all oh yeah i I thought i said that there at the end go see it if you're not in for depth i mean it's you can go go out into the movies and see it, you know, if it's not one that, if you're not someone that goes to the movies that often, uh, maybe wait to rent it. But I mean, if you're similar to us and go a few times a month, 
yeah, make this on, put this on your list and go see it. You'll, you'll probably enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, it feels like this year's, it, in a sense, it feels like this year's Bohemian Rhapsody and the fact that it, it viewers are loving the movie um, in general while critics are kind of 50, 50 on it. Yeah. And, and that seems to be what it is. Uh, I, I mean, I don't mean the movie directly, but yeah, I mean the, the kind of viewpoints between um, your average moviegoer and your critic, that, that's kind of where it's split. Um, so anyway, uh, like I mentioned before, multiple times, uh, I also saw Greta this past week, weekend. Um, if you're unfamiliar, it is a horror film that just recently came out starring Isabelle Huppert and uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. And it's a fun little film. Uh, it's your typical kind of horror stalker film. Uh, Huppert plays a um, French, well, obviously, but uh, she plays an older woman who has kind of a dark secret and uh, she plants handbags on uh, public transportation and young, naive uh, women bring them to her and she ends up stalking them. Um, it is your classic kind of horror B movie. It's nothing spectacular, but it has a vibe that this could end up being a cult horror classic in the future. Um, there's plenty of little twists here and there, uh, throughout the film, uh, make a Monroe for who also was the star of it follows, which was a big time horror movie a few years ago. Um, her and Moretz play, uh, roommates um in new york city it is a bit heavy on the twist they are fun but it, they come at you relatively quickly um and kind of a little bit often within the same kind of time span uh not to really i don't want to spoil anything so i won't dive too deep into that but man in a in a year in which we're gonna get thanos again <laughs> It's going to be tough for anybody to be Isabel Huppert in terms of being a straight villain. She is tremendous in this film. Very scary. Uh, and it will ultimately re <laughs> make you rethink doing nice things for people because, man, she is a whack job. And in, in the best possible way, um, for those unfamiliar with her, uh, I know I was going into it. She is a, you know, a, a star in French films. Um, and, and she was great in it. Uh, the overall movie, it had a great cast. Everything, everyone played off well. There's definitely some stuff I didn't like. Um, certainly some, some weird stuff throughout the movie. Uh, like why, um, Moretz and Monroe, their characters have landline phones in this day and age as young adults. Nobody does. That was kind of strange, but there's a lot of like smaller things like that. I didn't care for, but Outside of that, it was a fun movie. I gave it a 70 out of 100. Like I said, it's not perfect, but it's campy enough and, and fun that it's worth a watch. If you're into horror movies, especially kind of the very cheesy type, I think you'll love it. I enjoyed it. Uh, combo score came to a 66.4, which puts it 0.1 above Alita. Um, so I like how similar those were this week. Definitely worth a watch. I, you don't really have to go see it in a theater, I don't think, but it's, you know, when it comes to Redbox and Amazon Prime Video and, and you can rent it, give it a check if you're into horror films, uh, unlike Brian, who will never end up getting around to this film, um, but claims he'll definitely watch Twilight Zone one day. Yeah, All right. totally different. <laughs> Twilight Zone's more suspenseful and thriller, and this is just spooky, wacky, crazy horror. I mean, this was a thriller. <laughs> thrilling to watch how crazy she is in this movie she's absolutely batshit best of luck to thanos on trying to top that because she is probably going to be the best villain all year um and that's that's that for our reviews for the week um i ended up going with the 70 for both of them so that's convenient uh let's get into top 10 best picture winners um which now also includes green book that's why we waited a week so that we can include the winner uh I did not, but still, it is what it is. Brian, I'll pass it over to you to get us started. All right. I'm assuming we're going 10 through 1 as we normally do with our list. 
Well, yeah, I would like to keep the uh, the listeners in uh, <laughs> for a little longer than to just run off number one well, right here and away, everyone can cancel. Go ahead. All right. All right. Uh, so I was going through the list. It turns out I've seen um, 15 Best Picture winners. I thought I'd seen a little more than that, but going through, I went through the whole list of them and only saw 15. Um, so starting at uh, number 10 is the oldest movie on the list. Um, ben Hur is movie. I, I didn't write down the years. I should write down the years, uh, but I believe it was in the 60s that it won. It might even be the 50s. Um, but it's a movie that I remember I watched um, in school at some point, and it's a very good movie, very well done. I uh, have it at an 80 out of 100. Um, but yeah, so Ben Hur there, number 10. All right, number 10 for me, The Silence of the Lambs. Absolute classic. Uh, I've talked about it on in length here on the podcast before. It's a fantastic film um, overall, and and I mean, a majority of the folks out there have seen this movie. If you haven't, I think it is on Netflix currently. Uh, go check it out. It's very eerie and fantastic all around. All right. Uh, number nine for me on my list is uh, Schindler's List, a movie one in 19. I put up the list now. One in 1993. Um, it or came out in 1993. Uh, I gave that an 85 out of 100. I mean, that's... Uh, Great movie, while it's a little long, it's, you know, fantastic look. I mean, heart-wrenching look, though, at the the Holocaust and with Liam Neeson as the lead there. It's, I mean, it's one of the, I think it's within the top 10. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's in the top 10 IMDb movies. Um, so, yeah, there's my number nine. All right, number nine for me. Um, I also had Schindler's List here. Uh, not a whole lot else I can say about it. Uh, you summed it up pretty well. It is a fantastic, and definitely Spielberg's, you know, magnum opus in terms of films. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is very long, a uh, sh- shade over three hours, I believe, and it mm-hmm. is extremely heavy to watch. So I always recommend to people, if you're going to watch Take it, a break. have an intermission in there. Um, eat some ice cream or something like just, I know I had to, when I watched it, uh, I actually rewatched it like, I think a week or two ago. Um, and I definitely like paused took a little break in between, uh, but a fantastic film nonetheless. Yeah. I think I was hoping we wouldn't have any exact repeats or copies at all, but oh, well, uh, number eight in my list, uh, gladiator came out in 2000, um, with, uh, Russell Crowe there as the lead. Um, it's, I mean, it, it's a great movie. That's also an 85 and 100 for me. It's, uh, again, it's, it's a long movie, but not as long as Schindler's List. It's a, I think it's a little over two and a half hours. But uh, Russell Crowe is great in this, as well as Joaquin Phoenix. Um, it's just a fun movie to watch, I think. So that's my number eight. All right, number eight, I have The Hurt Locker. Uh, the first, you know, uh, uh our first huge look at uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Renner, really um, showing what he can do. Uh, fantastic military film uh, about a, a soldier out there doing the uh, bomb squad stuff. Um, very good film overall. Fantastic work. Um, so that comes in number eight for me. All right. Uh, my number seven, uh, the movie Spotlight. Uh, just won a few years ago. Came out in 2015. Um Great, great movie with the look um, about the Boston Globe article about the scandals within the Catholic Church. Um, Michael Keaton does a great job in this. Mark Ruffalo's in it. Rachel McAdams. Um, I'm forgetting who else is in it. But Leif I mean, Schreiber. Leif Schreiber, that's right. Um, yeah, very good movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll say too much. Number seven for me. Seven for me, I have Argo, uh, Ben Affleck vehicle. It's a fantastic film overall. Um, and I, it's one of those movies that I feel like it's one of those best picture winners that it's nice because you can find it on cable TV and stuff like that, where a lot of them, I feel like you probably don't necessarily all that much. It's an entertaining film. Ben Affleck's really good in it. Alan Arkin, uh, several other big names as well throughout fun movie. Um, and, uh, Ben Affleck directed and starred in it. So good for him. Yeah. 
Uh, number six for me is No Country for Old Men. Uh, I just watched this movie recently. It's um, a very good movie. The acting in it is is great from uh, Javier Bardem, who won for it then, and then uh, Tom Lee Jones, Josh Brolin, and even a little bit of Woody Harrelson. Uh, the Coen Brothers directed it. I think, I don't know if this was their first big movie. Uh, I haven't looked too far back into their history, but uh, very good movie. I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's a great movie. One best picture. So that's number, number six for me. Um, I'm going to need you to go back through it. Look at some Coen Brothers history. That was definitely not their first huge movie. Um, Ooh, let's see here. Anyway, number six for me, I have 12 Years a Slave, a absolute fantastic film um, based on the, I believe, autobiography from Solomon Northrup, who is the main character in the movie. Uh, and it's just a fantastic look um, kind of for everybody at, at slavery and um, the story of a, a young gentleman who was a free, free black man who ended up essentially getting sold into slavery, slavery. Um, and kind of all the issues that went along with that is a fantastic film. The first major film from Steve McQueen, who also did widows this past year, just overall, a really, really good film. Um, the first big look at Lupita, uh, Lupita Nyong'o. So it's just a fantastic piece of piece of cinema. Uh, go check that out. If you haven't, I feel like that's a movie that not a ton of people have seen, uh, but I highly recommend it. Oh yeah, uh, and I'm not looking at the list. Uh, both of uh, Fargo and The Big Lebowski in the '90s are both big movies for the Coen Brothers. My bad, sorry about that. Um, uh, my number five for the list is a movie you mentioned, uh, Argo. You know, won't say much else. Ben Affleck was great in both starring and directing in it. Uh, have that at a 85 out of 100. All right, number five for me, one of widely regarded as one of the best movies ever made. I have The Godfather. Um, it, I, I mean, if you haven't seen the Godfather, check it out. Uh, it is one of the best works of art. Uh, and in terms of a trilogy, one of the best trilogies out there. Um, I did not put number two on the list, but that was, you know, some people have that higher than, than the first one. Um, I do not. And, uh, they're, they're definitely worth a watch. Fantastic films. Yeah, those are actually ones that I haven't seen, but I have been on my watch list for a while. They're just not anywhere to watch. Like, they were on Netflix for a little bit, but now they're not anymore. I didn't get a chance to watch them while they well, that's were. That's it, everyone. We're canceling the podcast. I, I looked for the, look, I've actively, the past year or two, I've actively been, been trying to watch them, just haven't. And I haven't found them or had the, when I did, when there was a brief window there on Netflix, I didn't make the time for it. So. But they're definitely ones that I want to see. Sorry. Anyway, uh, my number four for this list, the movie, uh, might be some controversy here, but just one this year is Green Book. Um, it's, I know there's a lot of controversy to the film, but looking at the film, um, aside from the controversy, I mean, it's greatly acted from Viggo Mortensen and Marisha Ali. Uh, the story is really well told and well directed. It's a good script. And it's a, it's a happy movie. It's a, I mean, it comes all together. It's a good story about their friendship as I don't know. It might not have been fully accurate, but looking at the movie aside from the controversies, it's a really good movie. I have that at a 90 out of a hundred. All right. I'll take your word for it. Uh, n- <laughs> number four, I have spotlight, as you mentioned before, uh, it is the movie that all, you know, newsroom dramas try to, be um just in terms of enjoyment i feel like you know the whole newsroom kind of thing can and reporting can be a bit boring in movies uh it weighed down the post a little bit i in my opinion uh but spotlight was great the cast was fantastic the whole way through and and it was just enough dramatic and entertainment to it that it's a really really good watch and and well deserving of of the Oscar. So spotlight comes in at four for me. All right. Uh, cracking into the top three. Now, uh, my number three, uh, is Rocky. You know, I know you're not the biggest fan of this movie. You think it's overrated. Um, <laughs> uh, but it won in 1970, 
1970 or no? Anyway, um, I mean, I'm one of the greatest sports movies of all time. I mean, it's Sylvester Stallone. Uh, you know, he wrote it, he starred in it, and he just did a great job with it. I mean, it's this is a classic movie, and it's not called classic. It's definitely a classic movie. Love the movie. I have that as a 90 out of 100 as well. All right. Haven't seen The Godfather. Puts Green Book and Rocky in this top five. Yeah, folks, this is the last week of the, the pod. Oh, um, you're funny. Number three, I have a two for here. Hmm? La La Land slash Moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> Look, La La Land technically won that award for, for all of one minute. Uh, but Moonlight ended up taking the award. Oh, so I mean that's technically the right answer, Is but it? either one either one would fit into this number three had they won. Uh, <laughs> I mean Moonlight is just it is such a tremendous film. Uh, I rewatched it this past week, and it's it's on Amazon Prime Video if you have it. Uh, I mean check it out. It's it's slow um, and tells the story uh, of a young gay black man who and his time growing up so it splits it in essentially three chapters with him as a kid um him as like a high schooler and then him as an adult um stars some fantastic people this was mahershal ali's first win for uh supporting actor that year um uh, barry jenkins proved that he's a phenomenal director um uh, and, and overall the movie is tremendous uh, I, I highly recommend people seek that out and, and watch it um, if you have the time. Yeah, uh, that's a movie as well as on my watch list. La La Land still should have won that year, but oh, for I, sure. I digress. A fantastic movie. It definitely was robbed. But anyway, uh, my number two uh, would I I think I think this is your number one, but it's uh, one of the greatest movies. Uh, one of the most well made and greatest movies ever time. The Departed um, born in 2007 or eight, I believe. Um fantastic movie i mean great acting all around keeps you involved and keeps you holds your attention the entire way through um great script and just great acting i mean i love love this movie it took me a while to watch it but once i did i mean yeah it's great i have that as a, a 95 out of 100 all right number two for me no country for old men um uh it's like you you touched on it earlier but it's a fantastic film javier bardem's um acting in this film is second to none in terms of of villainy um and absolute creepiness um as he he walks around you know with a cow bolt or whatever you want to call it killing people that way it well it's well worth a watch check it out i think it is still on netflix um yeah it is yeah a, a big time you know, not the Coen Brothers' first big movie. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm sorry. Nonetheless, uh, a fantastic work. Um, also stars Josh Brolin as the um, gentleman that Bardem's character Anton Chigurh is kind of tracking down. Chigurh uh, being a hitman for the cartel, and Josh Brolin having stole stolen the money from a dr- uh, drug deal gone wrong. And then Tommy Lee Jones as as the sheriff. That's you know unsure of what's going on in his town uh it's just a fantastic work it is the coen brothers best work even though they have done plenty of tremendous things um so yeah that's number two for me all right uh yeah like i said earlier great movie uh and my number one on the list one of the few movies i regard as a 10 out of 10 100 score lord of the rings return of the king that's what it was. I when you said the departed for number two, I was like, oh man, what could the number one be? Turns out, in my memory bank, I have no idea. I, I, whatever, Lord of the Rings sucks. Keep You've going. never seen it. Shut your mouth. You cannot say it sucks. You've never seen it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> look, this trilogy is highly regarded as one of the greatest trilogy of all times. So I think it is the greatest trilogy of all time. It all three movies were nominated for best picture. This one being the best one of it, winning Best Picture. It's the accumulation of these three movies um, that's hours of storytelling that is so excellently done. Uh, the acting is great. The way the story is told is great. The script is great. 
there's so many great fight scenes too in it the action in it like it's one of my favorite movies out of time i mean like i said i have it at 100 out of 100 i mean if you haven't seen this movie aaron you need to see these movies they're lord of the rings they're great i mean yeah no, so my my favorite best picture winner of all time number one Number one for me, it's Leo, baby, The Departed. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time. One of the few movies that I also have at 100. Um, just, it's great. Scorsese is one of my favorite directors of all time. He does almost no wrong um, in terms of filmmaking. The Departed, uh, back in the time where big-time movies could actually win the <laughs> Best Picture mm. Award and it didn't have to be... Uh, little the artist or whatever little art movies and stuff like that um it's a fantastic film i feel like most people have seen it so i don't have to go into it it's one of those you know on tnt or whatever all the time movies such a great work leo's incredible in it matt damon one of the i've said it before i'm not the biggest matt damon fan but a great performance from him uh you have marky mark in there um martin sheen jack nicholson uh, yeah i mean it's tremendous all around uh, one of my favorite movies of all time like i said 100 out of 100 um yeah so so the departed comes in at number one for me um uh, and that's our top 10 best picture winners of all time uh overall uh next week if you haven't seen our facebook page we will be it's here baby it's captain marvel week baby it's, it's time <laughs> uh i'm so excited for it. we'll be going to check that out thursday um when it drops uh we'll have that the week after that i believe is captive state we'll have a review for um the week after that will be us and then the week after that will be dumbo um and then we'll have a bye week there as i'm on vacation in new york for wrestlemania um and then we'll see what happens after that Um, but yeah we uh on facebook and twitter and stuff we have started to post an actual schedule now um that doesn't necessarily take into account there will be smaller movies we see, you know, Netflix movies, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we'll also review, but the the major theatrical releases and stuff like that, that'll give everybody a sense on what we are reviewing and when um, mm-hmm. to try and plan things out a little better. We know we haven't been very good on that end. And trying to get back on something. It. Yeah, that's something we want to improve on uh, so that everyone's not flying blind into every episode. So. Uh, keep in touch. Facebook, we are Roll the Credits Podcast. Twitter, we are at Roll underscore Credits Pod. Go give us a follow if you're listening. Um, Brian, do you have anything you want to let everyone know about before we head out? Anything else you got? No, not really. It started snowing outside, and we're supposed to get like a half foot of snow, so this will be fun. Uh, it started already, son of a bitch. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it started like a half an hour ago, actually. So it's uh, Great. Uh, fantastic. Yep. I'm not I'm, this is my thing. I'm hoping... We always get a big snowstorm in March. We're getting it out of the way the first weekend of March. <laughs> I wish we just didn't, but it is what it is. Um, as long as there's not a snowstorm later in the week, because I'll drive through everything. <laughs> I will drive Captain through Marvel as soon as I possibly can. Um, but yeah, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, go give us a follow. Give us a five-star review if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple, Podcasts, wherever you're listening. Um, and thanks again, everyone. See ya. Yep. See ya. Tell me something, girl Are you happy in this modern world? Or do you need more? Is there something else you're searching for? I'm falling In all the good times I find myself longing for change and in the bad times I feel myself tell me something boy aren't you tired trying to fill that void or do you need more? Ain't it hard?
heart we've been it's so hard for I'm falling in all the good times I find myself longing for change and in the bad times I fear myself Shah, shah. 